0: This morning, we have a, before we get into the Word, we're going to have a special uh, presentation. As uh, many of you know, uh, we have a school here, New Harvest Christian School, which is a part of the Accelerated Christian <laughs> Education Program, ACE. And uh, every year, there, is a, there are two conventions, a junior convention for uh, those in elementary and then those at a higher grade levels. Uh, there is a convention for them, and last week our students participated in the ACE Junior Convention, and they did very well, and uh, we're going to go ahead and call them up right now wherever they are. If they could make their way uh, up, start making the way up. Kids, come on. All, you, all of you who have participated, everyone who participated, make your way up. That's right. Just make your way up. Awesome. Look at that. Praise God. And so um, they all participated, had a great time. But first, I want to thank, as they stand up here, you can see some of the events they were involved in, some of the things they were doing there. Uh, Thank the parents, the school staff, teachers, and monitors. Yes, give them a great hand. Everyone. All of the dedication, for all their dedication and uh, their support for their students who participated in the event at Bakersfield, California last week. We are proud, we are proud of all of our students here at New Harvest Christian School. Amen. I want to give a special thanks to uh, Brother Anthony and Sister Katrina Hernandez for uh, supervising, helping out in their role to organize the kids and help the parents uh, to get to their uh, locations that they needed to be for their events. They did an excellent job doing that. Hundreds of students participated throughout uh, from California, some from Reno, Nevada, 1A School from Mexico even uh, participated there. And uh, th- it was just a tremendous time of of just seeing these kids energized uh, and, and because they've studied and they've worked so hard for these events that they've participated in. Some of the sports events uh, that took place was the 50-meter 50, 50 track, uh, track race, 100-meter track race. And uh, we, some of the kids came in from our school first and second place in the boys and girls track uh, racing Um, special thanks also we had boys and girls basketball I want to give special thanks to uh, Emilio Samorano and his wife also for helping out with the basketball teams girls coming in second boys coming in first in the basketball so that was exciting to see them participate also there were sports like uh, soccer kick event where see who can kick the soccer see, the, the ball the furthest and uh, uh, kids, our kids participated. It would take forever for me to go through all the first, second, third place, fourth place standings for all the kids who, who participated. So I'm not going to do that. But trust me, uh, they, they did a, great, a really great job in uh, all the events that they were in. There was also a table tennis competition, checkers and, and uh, chess competition. Uh, some of our kids obviously scored in that, placed in that. Uh, One-act drama plays, also group choir ensemble. Kids sang, and uh, they did a great job. Academics and spelling, poetry, reading. Uh, there were uh, participation in art, forms, watercolors, photography, painting, etc., and so on. And so these are the kids, all their awards and their medals around their neck. Now, there are some who are not here. Some of the kids who participated are not here this morning Uh, for whatever reason, they weren't able to make it. But uh, we had a lot of kids come. And next year, we're looking to have a whole bunch more kids come and be a part of this Junior Ace Convention. And so uh, we want to thank all of you young people You guys did an awesome job. We appreciate you. Congratulations on your awards. Come on, let them know we appreciate them here this morning. They did an awesome job. They did a fantastic job uh, representing New Harvest Christian School. And so, again, thanks to all the staff, the teachers, the supervisors that uh, really made a big investment into their lives. Parents, thank you also for your investment into the children. Um, It it, uh, is so important as you do that. And so you want more information about our school, call the school office and we'll give you more information about enrolling your child, especially nowadays, into a good christian school k through twelve you won 't be sorry uh, as uh, Pastor Matt makes his way up he 's going to speak. I want to make an announcement next week we 're going to have next sunday i 'll be preaching i 've got a special announcement to make next sunday you don 't want to miss it at all it 's going to be a, a different kind of a service and so Come on out next Sunday. Praise God. Let's worship God as Pastor Matt makes his way out. Thank you. Oh, yeah.
1: Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, thank you, uh, parents and everyone. Uh, students, great job. Let's give it up one more time for them. Excellent. Excellent job. It was really good to uh, to see them uh, just compete in, in, uh, academically and with sports and everything. And it was a great time. So uh, so praise God they did, they did a great Job, Amen. Well, welcome everyone. Um, it's it's just good to see you. And uh, uh, just a, a quick note for our VIPs. If there's anyone here that's for the first uh, that's here for the first time today, we have a special VIP uh, room set up just for you. So after the service concludes, uh, outside these doors, uh, down the hall to my left, there's another set of double doors, and we have information, uh, information, and refreshments and uh, some snacks and uh, just just some good info of, of all the things taking place here at New Harvest. Uh, so after the service. Includes. If you're here for the first time, uh, we'd love to just meet you in person and say thank you in person for being here. So after the service concludes, make your way back there, and uh, we'll look forward to meeting you. Praise God. Amen. Well, as we get ready to get into the Word, if you have your Bible, Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to get ready to read that in just a moment. Um, but we want to also welcome anyone that's uh, tuning in online, um, and, and specifically my grandmother, uh, Grandma Margie, is watching. Uh, our prayers uh, uh, are with you and uh, the entire family. Uh, it's great to see you, as well as everyone that is, um, that is tuning in. So we thank God for people to be able, uh, be able to, uh, to tune in online. So um, thank you so much for, for doing that. Praise God. Everyone's looking great. Some representing in their jerseys. Praise God. Yes, you guys look great, guys and girls, and uh, everyone's be behaving. All right, so you know we know you're saved. We know when you can do that, and uh, everyone's having a good time. Praise God! It's Super Bowl Sunday uh, today, and it's a it's a time for for these uh, these two teams uh, to battle it out there at Super Bowl, and. Um, I just want to kind of, uh, in that vein, I want to share something out of God's Word, but uh, some interesting facts uh, real briefly regarding the Super Super Bowl. Uh, Listen to this. The Super Bowl is the second highest eating day for Americans (laughs) behind Thanksgiving. You know that's true, right? You have some good food and snacks and things to look forward to after church today. Um, Here's another interesting fact. The Green Bay Packers were the first team to ever win a Super Bowl And anyone that's a Packers, this is your chance to say amen. (laughs) Sister Stella, amen. (laughs) Praise God. So, as the world watches today, this battle, who will be named champion after the game and who will be remembered as winners this year, I want us to look at God's word today as some real champions in God's word. And they're real champions because they're named champions by God himself. Now, as we look in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, starting there in verse 1, let's read that together. And this whole passage, the whole chapter is powerful, but for the sake of time, we're going to read a, a, a few verses out of this passage. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. You all ready? Amen. Let's read. Hebrews 11:1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, listen to this, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That we now, uh, that we now see uh, did not come from anything that can be seen. Then jumping uh, into verse six, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now let's jump all the way to verse 39. All of these people, again, listen, they earned a good reputation, the Bible says. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God has promised And I want to minister a message today entitled, Faithful, Faithful. Now, as we look at Hebrews chapter 11, there are so many accounts of the people of God who have gone before us and who lived lives of faith. People of good reputation because of their faith. And if you get time, you can study the entire chapter. It's it's, it's some specific accounts of people all throughout the Word of God who made a decision to live by faith. They accomplished what God called them to accomplish because of their faith. They stood up for righteousness. They made a difference in this world because of their faith. Now this Christian walk that we walk, it's a walk of faith. Having faith is imperative. We need to live by faith. And again, in Hebrews 11, 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 5:7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We don't go according to the things that we see the temperature of the day, or how things are going in our life. We don't decide that, so today I'll be a Christian and I'll continue to serve God because everything is going my way. No, the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. You and I are not called to walk this walk of faith according to our emotions. We're not called to walk this faith according to situations. According to how we feel. We're not called to serve God only when things are going good. Can you say amen this morning? God has not called us to come to church only when it's convenient or when it fits into our schedule. God wants us to take the next step this year in our lives so that we will say in our lives and we will declare that no matter what, I will live a life of faith and seek that his will be done in my life no matter what. No matter if things are going my way or not going my way, whether or not there's money in the bank account or there's not money, whether, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, the, the blessed end of relationships, doesn't matter. God has called us to walk by faith, not by sight, not by our emotions, not by how we feel. Because our emotions, if we're, tr- if we're truthful with ourselves, they become a roller coaster sometimes. We have good days, we have bad days. We have days when things are going great. We have days when, things, when nothing's going right. But no matter what, God has called us to be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Isn't that right? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So the Bible says in our passage that, in, in ele- uh, Hebrews 11:2, "...through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation." They earned a good reputation. Why? Because of how they dressed? No. Because of how much money they had or what, how, how many material things they had? No. Because they were charismatic or because, you know, they, they just had every, you know, everything was going right in their life? No. They didn't earn a good reputation by those things. They earned a good reputation through their faith. That is why they are remembered today. For no other reason but their faith. Their faith in God. They had a good reputation. What is reputation? Reputation is defined as the beliefs or opinions that are generally held about someone or something. You know what it is to have a reputation. There's good reputations. There's bad reputations. In the sports world... A few people that come to mind, although these athletes that I'm about to mention perform such amazing feats in the sports world, when we hear their names, we think of other things that perhaps tarnish their reputations. We, if, you, if you remember Michael Vick, you know what that denotes, an excellent athlete, but what Michael Vick was involved in. Uh, Pete Rose, great athlete, but when we think of Pete Rose, you know, some, some remember his gambling accusation of what he was involved in. Mike Tyson, who decided to take a bite out of Evander Holyfield's ear there midway through the fight. A great fighter, the best fighter, but right, we remember reputation. O.J. Simpson. That's it. That's all I'll say. How about Bobby Knight? Remember Bobby Knight's passion when he would throw chairs into, into the basketball court because he was passionate. Now they had reputations. There's good reputations and there's bad reputations. These folks and many others had stellar sports careers, but hearing their name denotes some other things that we remember as well. They now have a reputation. Now in our text, in in verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 11, through their faith, these people in the days of old earned a good reputation. So here is my question to you, brother and sister. What kind of reputation do you have in this world? If we were to ask your neighbors... What kind of reputation? If, if, if someone were to knock on your neighbor's door and ask them, just give them a questionnaire about you, what would they say? Would they say, yeah, they're, they're people of faith. They're hospitable. They're generous. They stand up for righteousness and what's right. Or would they say something different? What about your coworkers? If they were asked, what kind of reputation do you have, what would they say? Your family members, your friends, those that know, that know you in and out, What would they say? What kind of reputation are you having in this world, or am I having in this world? What will we be remembered by? See, these people here in the Word of God, they were remembered because of their faith, and because of their faith, it brought them a good reputation. And if we're going to have a good reputation, it's all for the glory of God. It's not so that we can receive accolades and praise. It's not about us. It's us reflecting God's goodness to this world. Isn't that right? It's not about me. We don't have a good reputation just so that we could be good people and people could think highly about us as part of it. But no, we want to bring honor and glory to God, our Father, because of what he's done in our life. If I'm going to have a good reputation, if you're going to have a good reputation, it's because of the amazing work of grace that God is doing in your life. Can you say amen? And thank you, Jesus, for the blood of Jesus that washes away the old things, that now we're, we're new creatures in Christ. By God's strength and grace, he's able to allow you to change your reputa- reputation so that you can glorify him in your life. What is your reputation is the question today. See, so when we think about the Super Bowl, memories are short, right? We're going we're to remember maybe for a few months who won the Super Bowl. But if I were to ask you who won the Super Bowl last year, or the year before, or the year before that. A couple people may know, but for the most part, it's, it's an immediate thing. People cheer, and then they go on. But I'll tell you what. When you have a reputation of faith in your life, God uses that. People don't forget that. The impact that you had in someone's life because you're a man or woman of faith because you allowed God to use your life and you impacted perhaps your neighbors or your coworkers or someone someone that you had a good impact on, that will remain forever, longer than people remembering who won the Super Bowl. Why, because it's your faith. So God wants us to have a good reputation and that will come to pass by how we walk and live in our faith. So what does a life of faith look like? Now that question could be answered in many different ways. And I want to look at a couple instances here in our text in Hebrews chapter 11. And I'll say that, that one of the big things that characterize a life of faith is that someone is able to take steps of faith and depart from what is familiar. To be able to take a step of faith, according to God's word and the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, to be able to take a step of faith into the unfamiliar. Because it's easy for us to function and live in the familiar, the things that we do day in and day out. But what if God were to call you to do something extraordinary? Something that's gonna take you and I out of our comfort zone. And we don't have to look far. We look in the Word of God and we we read about forgiveness, we read about being faithful, we read about taking steps of faith, about being people of prayer. To live a life of faith means that you're able to step out and to depart from your familiar. Now, let's look at the life of Abraham here briefly in Hebrews 11, verse 8. The Bible says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land. He had a calling of God in his life. And Abraham was an ordinary person like you and I, but he had a powerful calling on his life. And how was that set in motion? Because God called him to go out into a land that God was calling him to. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went, listen to this, he went without knowing where he was going. Now how many of us would do that? Aren't you the type of person that when you have an appointment to be at or you have, you know, somewhere to go, we now have our navigation, we could just type it in, and it's really little brain work now. And you just type it in, and the phone tells you which way to go, and then before we know it, we are there. But have we forgotten that not in the the too distant past, it wasn't always like that? Can you say amen? It took more faith to get around, but now it takes no faith at all. He went without knowing where he was going. Now Abraham departed from his familiar and obeyed, and then he went. He departed from what was familiar to him. What's familiar to you today? Perhaps you're someone that battles unbelief. Perhaps that's a familiar thing to you, that you will not take any steps that will take you into the unknown. You will go according to what you see. Maybe that is your familiar today. Maybe in your life you've allowed fear to to grip you and to to hold you back from doing what you know God has clearly told you to do. Maybe living a life of fear has been your familiar. How about forgiveness? Forgiveness. Maybe holding on to a grudge or resentment because you've been offended by someone. Maybe your unfamiliar is venturing out into a country of forgiveness. When someone hurts you or offends you, for you to be able to step out in faith and say, I will forgive you because of how God's forgiven me. This is now my step of faith. This is the unfamiliar for me. But according to God's word, I'm going to do it. Abraham had to take that step of faith into an unfamiliar land. And the list can go on and on for you and I, church. What's familiar to us? You know, it said that, that Abraham's journey was 450 miles. Where God led him to, it was 450 miles on foot. Now, to get an idea, 450 miles is about from here to Lake Tahoe. That's a long distance. And God called him. And he didn't understand what was going to happen tomorrow. He didn't understand what was going to happen next week, next month. But you know what he understood? That God called him to leave his familiar and to go into a place that God was going to eventually show him. He didn't even show him right then and there, but he said, depart from here, and I'll lead you along the way. That's faith. 450 miles So, as we come to church each and every service, and we hear these different messages and preachings from God's word, and God is constantly challenging us to take steps of faith, to to perhaps let go of fear and hold on to faith, to to grasp forgiveness and and to to let go of past hurts and offenses and and, and grasp on to forgiveness so that God's perfect work will be done in our life. What are you holding on to? See, Abraham had so much promise to him. You know where it all all started? He had to take that step of faith. He had to step out. And things were activated and things began transpiring in his life. Why? Because he took that step of faith. How about Sarah? uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Now it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. That was her faith. She believed that God said something and that God would keep his promise. And we see how the promise was fulfilled in her life. Even in her old age, she had a child. She believed the promise of God that God was gonna give her a child in her old age. So living a life of faith means that in faith you take a step out and you and I depart from our familiar and we all have that in our life. Don't count yourself out. There's, all things in, there's things in all of our lives that we have to take steps of faith about, that we have to step out of. Another thing that a life of faith looks like is that the people of faith are not tossed to and fro. Now the Bible says in, Hebrews, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now listen to this. Then we will no longer be immature like children, We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. God has not called you and I to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. As the Bible says, he's called us to stand steadfast on the promises he's given us. Can you say amen? When things look good and they're going your way or when things don't look good and they're going a completely opposite direction, no matter what, God has called us to not be tossed to and fro in our faith. And I'll tell you what, in this life, there's gonna be times where things look like they're just falling apart. And if we're not careful and we focus on the situation, it starts to affect our faith and then we have all kinds of of problems, all kinds of mind trips and things that come up. But if we could be reminded of the simple truth of the gospel, that we walk by faith and not by sight. This is a reminder. I know you've heard it before, but we have to be reminded that we walk by faith and not by sight, that God has not called us to be tossed to and fro, that we're, st- we're supposed to be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And lastly, we have to believe the promises that God has given us. Believe the promise. May God has revealed such beautiful things, I know, in, in your heart and in your life throughout the years. And you've seen some of these promises come to pass, but I believe there's other promises in your life you're still waiting on. You're still believing God for, her. Amen? There's things in your life that you're still believing God for, whether his Holy Spirit brought to remembrance a word for you from way back in the day or, or you read a scripture and you claim it as your promises. No matter what, God is faithful to his promises. Can you say amen? And we have to believe the promise. Don't let go of the promise. It's what helps keep us. It's why, we, it's, it's, it's why we can move forward and be steadfast because we believe the promises he's given us. And we can stand on the promises God gave us. Can you say amen? amen? We could build on the promise God God's given us. Now again, as we talked briefly about Abraham a moment ago, and we're going to look at him again. Abraham stood on the promise of God when it came to God's command for him to sacrifice his son Isaac. And there's so much here in this passage, but I want to just look at a couple things briefly. Something so powerful about this story of Abraham. Now, listen, let's look at, at the instance where God gave him this command to take his son and sacrifice him. Genesis 22, verse 2. The Lord told him this in verse 2 Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Look at verse 3. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. Now, can you imagine the, the night that Abraham had that evening? I can almost guarantee you that he probably didn't get a wink of sleep. This was his son, his only son, Isaac. His son that he loved so much that he appreciated because it was given to him in his old age. Isaac was a son of promise, the promise that God gave him. He was a miracle. So what that must have done to his mind for God to talk about giving him a promise and giving him his son and then God saying, okay, take your only son and go sacrifice him. What an evening he must have had. What would you and I have done in that place, in that time? Now in verse 3 it says, The next morning Abraham got up early. He didn't let moss grow on his feet. He had the word of God and in obedience the next morning he acted on it. Now how many of us have been given a, a command of God? God has laid something in our hearts. And how many times have we let one, two, three days go by? And maybe it's something within our power. To be able to accomplish right away with one phone call, with one conversation, with one decision. Abraham, because of faith, it says the next morning he went and did this. This should be an example to you and I, brother and sister. When God tells us something, don't let time pass. If it's in your power to get it done right away, get it done. There's a reason that God's showing you that and telling you that. So many times we can procrastinate because of fear, because of being uncomfortable or because it's the unfamiliar, we just let months and some of us have even let years go by and we know what God's telling us to do. And that blessing in your life that God wants to perform, that next stage of your life, it's around the corner and it's staying around the corner because you have not taken that step of faith. The Bible says Abraham, the next morning, he got up. He was probably already grieving. He was worried. He was probably going through all kinds of emotional mind trips and everything. He was, he, was, he was suffering, perhaps, emotionally because he had to go and do this to his son, whom he loved. But nevertheless, the next morning, he got up. And in faith, he started his journey to go do what God called him to do. Now... In this passage and in this story, we have to understand that although this is a story of faith, that Abraham, he had a promise to stand on. And I want to look at that for a moment because in times past, I've heard this story and I'm like, man, I kind of get the context that God just told him out of the blue and and he got this word and he had to go do it. And that, that is true. But listen, as we look in God's word, it's something else here about Abraham and his faith. Now, we see here in our passage, which we just read, is Genesis 22, okay? Now, let's jump, to, let's jump back to Genesis chapter 15, okay? So we're going back. We're going back in time here. God gave the promise to Abraham in Genesis 15. Now, in Genesis 15, verse 4, the Bible says this. It says, Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And this is, he's talking about Isaac. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So here was the promise that God gave Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 15 God gave him a promise that through his son Isaac, he will have descendants as many as the stars of the sky. And I believe that Abraham was able to take the step of faith that we read about in Genesis chapter 22 because he remembered the promise that, that God gave him in Genesis chapter 15. So if God's calling you and I to do something, if he gave us a promise, we should be able the next morning to be able to act on that. Why? Because we know that God is going to fulfill his promise and he's not a liar. Now let's confirm this as we look in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17. Now listen to this. And again, Abraham was able to take the step of faith because of the promise that God gave him. Now look in Hebrews 11:17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had receive God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Now look, look in verse 18. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned, okay, he remembered the promise. Look at, he reasoned. That if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. So we get some more context in the story with Abraham. That he was able to take this step of faith because of the promise that God gave him in Genesis chapter 15. And in the same way, you and I, brother and sister, we've received God's promise. And if God said he is going to do it, he's going to do it. Can you say Amen. If God's given you the promise for your sons and daughters to be saved, God is going to do it. God has called you to be faithful with what he's called you to do. And as you're doing that, God will be faithful with your family, with your loved ones, with your job, with your career, with your coworkers, with his relationship uh, situations that you're having. As you and I hold on to the promise, we're able to take that step of faith. Why? Because in faith, we've received his word and we remember his promises. That's why it's so important, brothers and sisters, to be in your word. When we're not in the word, man, we we can so easily forget. We have to constantly be refreshing our spirit and reminding ourselves of the promises of God. That's why we have to be in prayer. Because the Bible says there are many voices in the air. And if we're not taking in the word of God to, 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 to cleanse us and to lead us and direct us, there are other voices that are trying to bombard us and tell us something different. Can you say amen? Stay in your word. Study our word, eat our word, remember it, memorize it, hold on to God's word because that is how we're going to be able to make it. We're going to be constantly reminded of the promises God's given us. Be faithful to church, be faithful, come to church. God's able to remind us of the things that He's already told us about. So, as we close, as the worship team makes their way up today. We have to understand that God's called us to be of a good reputation in this world, to be remembered by our faith, to re- be remembered by how we live. And I've told this story before. One of the, the last uh, conversations I had with, with my grandfather was at a Christmas family event, and what we were doing is we were talking about the things of God, the Word of God. We were having divine and true fellowship and I'm blessed because that was the last memory that I had, the last conversation that I had with my, with my grandfather. People of faith impacted my life. Something I will never forget. Why? Because they had a good reputation because they lived by faith. God wants you and I to have a good reputation. We learned today also uh, what it looks like to have a life of faith, that we're able to take a step out of the unfamiliar, that we're not going to be tossed to and fro, But we're going to stand on God's word. And lastly, we learn that we have to constantly and hold on to the promises God's given us. Believe them. Chase after them. Hold on to them. Because as we do that, we'll be able to take the steps of faith that he's called us to take. And I want to read one more time, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight God's called you and I to be faithful faithful to live a life of faith because you're an example you may not know this but people are watching your life they're looking at you as a reference point of what faith is watch the decisions that you make watch the places you go live a life of faith and by doing that we're going to have an impact on this world as God's called us to why? Because we're having a good reputation, because we're walking by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. God is good in this place. God has helped us and called us and strengthened us. And today, for a few moments, while my brothers and sisters and the Lord are, are, are contending in prayer right now, I want to speak for a moment to anyone that's in this place that is not living a life of faith. Perhaps you're living a life according to your own terms and what you think is right and what just your own constitution, but God has called you to live according to his word and to be saved. He desires to forgive you. He desires to have relationship with you. But this is a personal decision that we, that we all have to make at one time or another. And while every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning, if you're in this place and you could hear my voice,